Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast, where you can learn how to launch your full-time career in this part-time gig economy. No matter what career you're in, you have the potential to be the best version of you and overcome whatever obstacles stand in your way. And now, here's your host, the CEO of Bonvera, Bob Dickey. Hey guys, I'm your host, Bob Dickey, and this is Taking the Leap Podcast. Welcome back to part two of this really cool interview that we've been doing with Kelly Fletcher. Last week, we released part one, and today we're picking right back up where we left off. So without any further ado, let's dive back into this conversation with Kelly Fletcher. It sounds like you were at the leading edge of understanding the female marketplace and tapping into that. I mean, you were studying it and doing it before it was the rage. I mean, like right now, it is the rage to be talking about, hey, how do we empower female entrepreneurs? How do we talk to the female marketplace? They're the CFOs. I mean, you've told me multiple times, the female is the CFO of American households. They do the vast majority of purchasing within the United States. You're an expert in reaching the female audience, but you did this like a decade before it was even cool, right? Well, somewhat. I mean, I think that 15 years ago, there were definitely conversations and it was there in huge companies in bigger markets. But in second tier markets or third tier markets, I remember meeting with CEOs of some pretty big companies that didn't know that about 50% of women in this country aren't married. So if you're only marketing to the traditional vision of an American family, you know, a mom, a dad, two kids and a dog, then you're really leaving a lot of market share on the table and that you can't lump women all together into one category. There's a lot of segmentation that goes into it. So a campaign that is the goal is to resonate with baby boomer women is obviously not the campaign that's going to resonate with new moms or teens or what have you. I think when marketing to women first became a thing. There was a lot of, and you always laugh when I say this, pink it and shrink it. Yeah. I I love that quote. That is hysterical. So it would just be like, oh, well, and I think that's really the time, about the time when Susan G. Komen got to be really big too. So all these pink products started coming out in support of breast cancer fundraising and awareness. So you would just see, uh, for example, there's a, and there still is, I think, a pink handgun. Mm -hmm. So, and Women are like, we don't want a pink handgun. Like, if we're going to shoot a gun, we want to shoot like a a real gun that a man shoots. Like, don't just make it pink and think that I'm going to buy it. So, there's a lot deeper psychology that goes into women's consumer behavior than anybody probably realizes. It's one of the things that I really relish getting time with you because anytime we sit down and we start talking, I mean, I just like immediately take out my mental <laughs> notebook and I'm like taking well, notes because you constantly have like new insights into you know how you segment the market, how you're talking to different market segments, what's going on. You really have your finger on the pulse. So I really appreciate that. You've helped us as we're looking at serving our consumers and the folks that we serve. So it's very, complicated. Very, very, it really is. It's complicated. <laughs> And you remind me that every single time we get together. So as a father of four daughters, let me ask you something. You're a high-powered, successful female CEO. You've navigated a lot. That might be an overstatement, but okay. In my my book, you are. So you've navigated a lot within your career. 
what type of advice would you give my daughters or should I be giving my daughters? How should I be coaching and mentoring and helping uh, my daughters prepare for the world that you're living in right now, that we're, you and I are both living in, right? I see it from a my viewpoint. It can be a little bit myopic because I'm a man and I want to know how a female CEO is seeing the world and experiencing the world. And what advice would you give my daughters so that they could be successful? Well, I'm 52 now, and that's probably morphed throughout the past, especially since I became a mom 21 years ago. I would say you have to tell them you really can't have it all. You can't have it all. I think young women, girls see in the media or see on television or movies or whatever, they see these women who are their moms, they're running businesses, they're cops, they're out like being these badass women. And then they go home and they raise a kid and they do all this stuff. And it's like, it's not that simple. I think you can have it all maybe at different times. And so you have to prioritize, you know, what do I want for my life right now? Because what I want for my life in my 20s might be a little bit different than in my 40s. But it's okay to just go ahead and realize that you're going to have to make some decisions. And whatever you decide is okay. You don't have to be a CEO, and I've given up a lot to be a CEO. I mean, I've been divorced now for almost 15 years, and I think a lot of that is because I spend a lot of time working, and that's my priority, That and my son, who's now in college. And so there are sacrifices to be made for different choices. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're kind of raised to think that we should do it all, and it's just not possible. That's great advice. Uh, one of my mentors stated it with me. He said, Bob, every time you say yes to something, you need to understand you're saying no to something else. Every decision, when you say yes, you're saying no. You make sure you, when you're saying yes to the right things because it's limiting Absolutely. you. Right? And I think another thing that is important, because our young people today are so overscheduled and pushed, and I think about everything they have to go through just to get into college. I don't even know if I could get into college. It's so competitive. Mm-hmm. Is that prioritize what's important to you and make a list, set goals, Every year, go back and look at your goals. I found this old, I'm really big into writing into notebooks. I, I use technology, but there's still something about writing to me that's really helps me process information. And I found this old journal from when I was in my 20s, and I found it so interesting because a lot of my goals were the same in my 20s as they are now, personal goals. And to find that and be able to have that and look back on it after all these years made me realize I was doing something right in my 20s. You know, I was goal-oriented. I was writing it down. I was checking back. I would check things off when I would achieve them. So, you know, figure out your process and stick with it over the years for, for goal setting. And mm-hmm. So, was it worth it? You, you, made, you made this leap as an entrepreneur, and I've had conversations with you. You've enjoyed it. You said there's obviously lots of exciting things. You know, you have all the upside, but you also mentioned a little bit earlier you have to manage the downside too, right? And so right. You've, you've been on that journey. Have you enjoyed being the owner, founder, CEO of a marketing company and all the stress that comes with that? And what advice would you give for people who are, you know, thinking about, like, I'm going to go into business for myself. I'm going to, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to take the leap. For me, I wouldn't go back and change anything. I 
it's been a great ride for that this is our 13th year in business. I've gotten to do things and learn things and experience life in a way that I don't think I would otherwise. Does it sometimes take its toll on my health because I'm so busy or because I'm traveling and it's, you know, when you travel, it's easy to pick up a bug or whatever. So has it taken a toll on just me from learning how to deal with kind of an underlying stress that's always there, but it suits my personality because that's just the kind of person I am and I'm just cut from that mold. The jury's still out whether it will be worth it long term. I think as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, one thing that you really have to think about because it sneaks up on you is retirement. Mm -hmm. Nobody's putting money into your retirement account. Nobody's doing a matching 401k. There is no pension. There is no health insurance for life. So you really have to think about that from early on about how I'm, you know, you're 1099. So you got to save for taxes. You have to think about how much you've got to put aside in order to be able to retire or have some freedom in your life. And that's hard when you're running a business day to day and you're looking at cash flow and you have to make a choice between contributing to this or paying for something for the business. So it's a lot, but if you really want to see how far you can go and push yourself and be different and be more, mm -hmm. maybe find what you're capable of. What are my limits? If you don't push yourself and you don't take some chances, you'll never have the answers to those questions. And I really wanted the answers to those questions. I had someone recently who has firsthand knowledge of kind of the stress that I'm under on a daily basis, mm -hmm. a bit running a company, being the CEO, you know, sit down over lunch and ask me the exact same question, is it worth it, right? And my answer to that person was, it was very similar to yours, which was, this is how I'm made. This is this is in my DNA. If, you know, Putting me in a different type of job where it was just like punching the clock, watching the secondhand tick in a non-stressful, no risk type of environment, it would drive me crazy. I have to be. It and sucks the life out it, of it, you. It would. It would. And so I've got to be in that type of environment where what I'm doing, what I'm doing, I feel like I'm naturally gifted for the, these types of roles. And is it stressful? Certainly. But I would find it way worse to be in some other environments. And there's, and there's folks in my life who, you know, I, uh, having conversations with probably don't have the genetic makeup, if you will, the psychological right. disposition to be able to navigate some of those challenges where those other types of roles in society are perfect for them. They want a little more stability or whatnot, but I relish the game, the entrepreneurial game that you and I get to play, the ups and downs and, and navigating it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. As a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as someone who hires and manages a team, what are some of your pet peeves? Do you have any pet peeves of business? Chewing or gum in the office. Chewing gum. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, w I would not have guessed that, but that's it. That's like, I remember when I did my first employee handbook and I called a friend of mine who she like has the creme de la creme certification and etiquette. She could plan a state dinner. Like she has the credentials. And I was like running down some things that I was going to put in the handbook. And I was like, can I put no chewing gum in the office in there? She's like, it's your company. You can put anything you want in there. <laughs> I'm really not that 
that rigid. Pet peeves. Oh, it's a pet peeve of mine whenever somebody on our team makes a comment like, you know, I'm not this or I'm not that, or I don't know how to do this, or I'm not. I can't. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, we don't ever say that to a client because we deliver solutions. And if we don't know how to do something, that's fine. We'll figure that out internally. But we are there to make the client more comfortable and make them know that like we've got it. And if we can't do it, we'll come back to you with a solution to say, we're not the people to do this, but this group or this company may be. But it also is a pet peeve of mine when somebody asks me how to do something simple and I'm like, well, have you tried Googling it? Because I mean, I've learned so much from Google. Mm -hmm. What did we ever do without Google? I'm like, I don't know the answer to this. How do I do this on my laptop? You know, how do I make this? And I'm, I just Google it. So there's like, a video for everything. There is resourcefulness. Like that's my number one pet peeve is if you are not resourceful, I'm happy to help you. But when you come to me, I need to know what you've done to figure it out first. Because mm -hmm. I probably don't, I may not know how to do it either. Mm -hmm. So figure it out. Like, just figure it out. That's one of the, the key things for an entrepreneur. You just, you have to, your, your number one job is like just finding solutions and getting the job done, right? Problem because, solving. Yeah, problem solving. Creative problem that's solving. Right. <laughs> so what about outside of Googling things? It sounds like that's a, a pretty big productivity hack. Do you have any other productivity hacks that you would share with our audience? I do. And I don't always 100% uh, abide by this, but it really does work and that's calendaring. Mm -hmm. So blocking off your calendar to do certain projects or tasks. And I find that, I don't know about you, but if you have a to-do list, I will wait until the last minute to do the things I don't really want to do. Like I'll check off all the things that I want to do. And really I should have started with the things I didn't want to do. <laughs> so I, I try to calendar for those and just like block off an hour, an hour and a half, because then it, it's like, that is my time to do that thing that I may not really want to do. And that's number one. Number two also is don't live on email. So I think that there is this propensity towards, I've got to check my email every five or 10 minutes, which then takes you down a rabbit hole a lot of times and causes you to lose focus. Mm -hmm. So decide, how are you going to respond to email? Because how you set that precedent is what people are going to always expect. Mm -hmm. There are certain people in my life, if I email them and they don't email me back in 15 minutes, I'm like, what is going on? Like something is wrong. So I try to just say, okay, I'm going to check it once an hour or I'm going to check it after this meeting, but I'm not going to check it during a meeting. I'm going to put it away. That's another pet peeve is people who are on their phones in meetings. Mm. You know, just put your phone up when you're in a meeting. It's a sign of disrespect. It's a sign that you're not really fully present in the meeting. So those are, those are my three little productivity hacks. That's awesome. I've got like a million more, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Those are three that everybody can relate to. All right. And as we're uh, winding down here, how about where would Kelly like to find yourself a dream location in the near future? So after running hard, hitting some some goals, taking care of clients. Do you have a dream location for some? Now, we probably have a little bit of a, right now we've got the coronavirus yeah. scare, so nobody's traveling. But of course, now is probably the best time to get a flight to Paris or London. You oh, it is. Them, yeah. I subscribe to Scott's Cheap Flights. I think it's like 20 or 30 bucks a year, and it sends you an email of where all the flight sales are, and it tells you the airlines. And there are sales. Yesterday, I bet you I got 
eight emails with fair sales to all over Europe and Japan and everywhere. So I probably would say, normally I would say Italy. I've always wanted to go like spend a summer Mm -hmm. in the Tuscan region and pretend like I'm Diane Lane in that movie. I Um, love that movie. What's that movie? Under the Tuscan Sun. Sun, Yes, that's what I want to do. I want to go rent a villa and grow vegetables and cook for strangers. But if I can't do that, I will just go to the Gulf Coast of Florida. Nice. All right. White sand and beautiful sunsets. Well, that's perfect. Well, that's definitely a dream location for my wife. And we're looking at places to potentially take our kids for spring break. And that was that was one of them. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love it down there. And Tris, my daughter in college, she sent me a text message. A number of her friends recently were flying just a couple days ago. They had bought economy class tickets flying somewhere. And literally the whole plane was empty. And so wow. they were texting or saying, we're sitting in first class there's nobody here we got to sit up in first class but like the plane was desolate so just, probably a good time to fly I bet I you mean, it depending is. on where you're going I mean there's some places that I wouldn't I'm not going to Seattle for instance but if you wanted to go to maybe Texas yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably get some great deals right now <laughs> and nobody's on the plane so you probably have very little risk of <laughs> For sure. Well, Kelly, it has been a joy and a pleasure being able to chat with you this morning, uh, getting to learn a little bit about you, things that I didn't know, and uh, hearing some of your productivity hacks and, of course, your journey and your career, quite motivating and inspiring. I always love it when my daughters get to spend some time with you. You've taken them to They're some, so cute, the uh, dicky chicks. The dicky chicks, that's right. They <laughs> love spending time with Aunt Kelly. That's because I let them get whatever they want. I'm like, do you want to go to eat Mexican? Do you want candy? Do you want soda? I'm like the fun auntie. Yeah, that's, that's right. You are. But, but they, I, no, I appreciate you all at Bonvera. Um, it's a great company to work with and for. Everybody here is so appreciative and kind and easy to work with. And it's been awesome to see the growth and the new product launches and just the whole trajectory of the company since you started with it a few years ago to now is like a completely different feel. And It's been a lot of fun. And you have been there with us from the start up till now. You've been and a, a key person not only helping us reach our target markets and change our marketing, but also with some key product launches. Two of our most important product lines, you were the one who brought them to the table and helped us get those things launched from start to fruition. And uh, man, I tell you what, it was, it's was it been a, a quite an incredible journey, so I can't thank you enough. And to that point, we've won some awards for your packaging. You so did. the it's called the American Ad Federation Awards, and we, the um, Bonvera Brew Packaging, Packaging won gold, which is very, very hard to get a gold Addy Award. And Cutano Fuel got a silver Addy, won a silver Addy, and Lubella won a bronze. That's awesome. So you all have some world-class packaging for your products that we're proud to have partnered with you on creating. Well, we're thankful to you for that. So we're certainly looking forward to more work with you and your firm and the the wonderful staff that you guys have there. And for those of you who are listening today, if you would like to hear more great insights from Kelly Fletcher and the things that she's learned and productivity hacks and her insights on mentorship and self-education and so forth, definitely subscribe to our New Way MBA because we're going to have more content on there from Kelly. 
Kelly and other great CEOs and leaders like herself. So we want to make sure that you have all the resources at your fingertips uh, as you are taking the leap, as you are embarking on your entrepreneurial journey so that you can be self-taught just like Kelly. It's interesting that you know she highlights, although she's got a great uh, college education, that a vast majority of the learning and uh, education that she has that she's leveraged in her professional career, she's been self-taught. And so we're trying to take all of those types of insights, all of the books and resources and make it available on our new way MBA. So you too can have those opportunities as well. Until next time, I am your host, Bob Dickey, and this is Taking the Leap Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you for listening to the Taking the Leap Podcast with your host, Bob Dickey. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at www.takingtheleappodcast.com and bonvera.rocks. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Taking the Leap.